Welcome to the Who Done It bonus, where we talk about Who Done It bonusy stuff uh, with murdering people. <laughs> Who Done It? We it's both a bonus murder. Out. We both said Knives Out did it. Yeah. So let's talk about um, Death on the Nile and Cro Where the Crawdads Sing. Those okay. are the two that we we really didn't discuss at all in the main episode. Okay. So, um, where the crawdads sing? This is one that you specifically brought to the episode. You were keen on making sure we included it. So, well, I—that's uh, such strong source material. That book is something else. Mm. It is. I haven't read it, so I can't speak to the book. Well, it's like the film, only magnified by like ten percent. It—it was all—it was. Was it next month? Yeah, probably. It was probably my next weakest just uh, because yeah. it's so juicy and it needs more. Mm. It's it it's 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 like you know, you being like so hungry and getting to the Thanksgiving table and they give you right. like, a small plate of tofu or something. Like, all right, you know, you're you're not gonna leave completely hungry, but you're like, man, I want some turkey. Right. And some mashed potatoes. <laughs> I, I, it was also my next to weakest, sure. um, for similar reasons. I will say what this film does a, a really good job of is giving you a very thorny ethical issue, right? Like, because spoiler alert, we, we find out who done it and like, it, it it's justified right it's just it's justifiable yeah yeah right but at the same time but at the same time like should she have uh yeah it's like, punished for that no yeah no so it's this moral quandary but what was she uh, gonna do live in his shadow this abusive right. rapist which like if you know the source it's much it's worse. much worse right yeah she's he yeah he's he's not a good guy right so and you see that you see that in the film you yeah. see her fear and right. she can't she can't live that way you get you get that and that's why it's not weaker for me because right. I, I still feel like you you feel that way and taylor swift's carolina song that song I, literally I stays in my head up. all the yeah. time and like every yes, other song it, i sing is that song it leaves it lives rent free in your head. I know rent free, and I'm all oh. like, please stay. Um, yeah. So I, yeah. It it of of the films here. It it was like I said, it had that good ethical kind of thorny thing, which makes you think. And I remember finishing the movie and talking to, uh, my wife about it, and going well you know this and that and that. and so it, it's it promoted lively discussion i will definitely give it that that's great um, and i love you know how i love question films right so i'm all like yes <laughs> there's questions here so it definitely promoted some lively discussion that's good um, and it had a good cast i mean can't argue with the talent that was on the screen they were okay um because you read the book and so i'm sure for you and we, at some point, we should probably do a whole episode about how, like, reading the book 
whether or not it's a good or a bad thing right you don't watch a movie it's almost always a bad thing yeah because the true. movie never lives up to never what the book does. Yeah, the the substance. No. So for me, I I didn't read the source material, so it was like, oh, okay, yeah, these are, it's good, right? But I, to, it was like where the crawdads are saying light. It. Where the yeah, this is not a, this is not a full crawdad feast buffet. This is just a couple crawdads on your plate. <laughs> Where I the keep going back to the food metaphor. Crawdads murmur. It, can you tell that Thanksgiving is next week, guys? Mm. <laughs> we're recording this i got food on the brain okay so we talked about crawdads let's it's talk also, about oh, can i just throw this in oh, there it please. was the lowest rated rotten tomatoes of the ones we had oh that is interesting. by a lot by a lot now didn't sherlock holmes make the most money out of this it career? made a lot it made over 200 million bucks <laughs> I didn't look, uh, but but I was appalled. I saw that number. I was like, Ugh. yeah, pretty sure it's the the biggest money maker. Knives Out, I'm sure, is right behind it. But nasty. Yeah, um, you know what? I saw did, when did that come out? 2019, 2020. I think, I think it was 19. I I watched that film in a giant, and I mean giant theater, mm. all by myself. Literally, no one else was in the room. Wow. And I watched it. I mean, it was. It was delightful and I was surprised. But that I is nice when you get like the solo theater experience. That is really cool. Yeah. Anyway, I want to talk about uh, the Nile. So death. Death. death on the Nile is the second Kenneth Branagh Poirot film. This is why he wants been, to talk about death on the Nile. That we've been great Kenneth with. Branagh. We talk about Kenneth Branagh a lot. On we do. <laughs> And I feel like most of the time we talk about a Kenneth Branagh movie and we go, eh, this isn't the Kenneth Branagh movie we're looking for. But we, but then we talk, very about how much we, love him. <laughs> we talk about how much we love him, but we never seem to touch on the Kenneth Branagh that we want to, we want to touch on. So is this a, well, what do you want? What Kenneth Branagh do you want to touch? So, uh, in what a delightful question um, <laughs> i i really i i had read this book and so um going into this it was interesting to see the deviations from the source material and also how it stayed with the source material um i like this movie i like some of the interesting changes they make um, I did not like some of the changes they make. I don't think we need to know why Poirot has a big mustache. And see, I love that. I loved that detail. See, I didn't. I I felt Not like that is another case of let's see why let, let's see how the sausage is made here. Right, like why you like, don't like solo. <laughs> I was I resisted saying it, and then you brought it out. Because they tell you how he got the last name of Solo. Right. Like, that. And that is always going to be the prime example for me. <laughs> always the prime example. Why do we need to know that? Why do we need to know why Poirot has big ornate mustaches? Because that, that grounds the film. It grounds yeah, the film and his, and his character. Everything and could have been the same. that's what I like the most about that The film. flashback could have been the same. Everything could have been the same. But they could have left the mustaches alone. They could have done what Richard, they uh, He's anti-mustache, even though he himself is sporting a mustache right now. Look, 
I am definitely not anti-mustache. Let's be clear. Tom Selleck is a gift to mankind. How can we possibly disparage mustaches when he exists? So with that in mind, um, the other thing is Gal Gadot's character in the film is a very interesting character in the book in that in the book, she's more of a, she's more of a mixed bag. She's more of a diva. She's more bratty. She's more entitled, but she's also kind, generous, giving. She's layered. And in this movie, and because it's a movie, it's almost like it's you hard don't get to do to that, see I that. Guess. You don't get, you don't to, get see to see that. that to the same extent. Like in the book, there's this whole thing where Poirot kind of berates her and is like, look, you've been given everything. You've not had to work for things. And you don't have empathy for the people that have had to work for them. And it's a really cool moment. And it's a really cool scene that develops a character and kind of makes her actions and her motives a little more interesting. And they didn't have that stuff in here to, to anywhere near the same extent. And I think the film suffers for that lack of character development. Well, why do you think that is? Um, why do I think they didn't put that in there? Yeah. If I had to guess, I'd say they wanted more sympathy for the victim to make the uh, baddies of the film look worse, right? Huh. Um, and the baddies of this film definitely by the end are are really, really awful. Like... Uh, and they did a really good job of showing how twisted and messed up those people were. I'm trying, I'm trying not to spoil it overly. If someone has, I was just about to spoil it for everyone. Um, I'll go ahead and say it. Okay. You know what? When it came out, there was a lot of controversy around Army Hammer. Yes. And like the film came out and nothing happened, and I was like, you know what? I bet he's the bad guy. Because nobody's throwing this film under the bus. Right. That's usually what happens when no need to throw shade if he gets right, murdered no, in the end. He gets murdered in the end. So he must he must be the bad guy. Um he ended up working with someone else. So there were two bad guys. Um, and the the extent, the lengths that these two went to to right. make this horrible stuff happen. Yeah. Is you're right, horrible. It's horrific. Yeah. And and uh, why would you waste your time and emotional energy on that? And also, if you love somebody, why are you going to offer them up to somebody you hate? Yeah, doesn't make it's, sense. It's, to me. it's twisted, and yeah. it's in, and it's interesting as a result. And like everybody talks about murder on the Orient Express because murder on the Orient Express is. The, the mechanics of the whodunit are the most convoluted, right? Like, if you've not read the story, if you don't know the story, then that twist is like, whoa, oh, it's a big deal. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Whereas this, the twist isn't as elaborate, but I feel like the characterization is stronger. Mm. The, the, the baddies and their reasons for being bad and how they go about doing it is so diabolical and so nasty. Whereas in the other one, when you get to the end of Murder on the Orient Express, you're kind of like, 
again, questions. You're you're questioning and you're almost like cheering for the right for the perpetrators to some extent. And that and leaves, you know, the, well, the detective scratching his head almost like right. well, where, all right, well, okay then. Whereas this one is a is a lot more clear cut when you find out who did it. And in in that right. way, it's <sighs> it's in some ways and it's more satisfying. Makes them makes them so so evil. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> they bad. So I really like this one. Um I I despite my gripes about it, I like the the book is excellent, but the movie is also really quite good. Um it is Kenneth Branagh does lean into his propensity for melodrama at times, which I like. So if you don't, if you have a tough time handling melodrama, I, <laughs> but I think that makes sense too with the trope, though. With like I do too. The whodunit trope in the world and in the world of Poirot in particular, yeah, and that yeah. time frame because it's an era of opulence and big scale things exactly and so it works well within that um but and kenneth Branagh, i think is a smart choice within that world of you know giving that big scale stuff so yeah i like that i agree with you it's a good one so i got a question for you okay i got an answer potentially okay so who does it better Benoit Blanc or Q Poirot or Sherlock, which is which is the better detective? Are we talking about specifically in these films? No, let's just say let's just say the characters. The character. Yeah. Okay. So given that Benoit Blanc we have only seen in one movie, it almost seems unfair. Uh I I go with Sherlock. Sherlock is my guy. Um, I enjoy his his stories, and I feel like he's had the strongest adaptations. Um, Poirot's had some really good adaptations uh, on television. Poirot, like, he gets a hole-in-one, though, man. Like, he lets it all sink in, and then, boom, hole-in-one, just right in there. He solves so that thing. So you're boom. going for Poirot? I guess I am because I can't vote for Sherlock now because I don't like that film. <laughs> yeah, I do like Sherlock Holmes as a character. There are other iterations of it that I like. Right. Just only this one. But yeah, Poirot, he just like one, two punch right in the face. No, not the face, the throat. Done. <laughs> He's an interesting character and the, the books, you know, Agatha Christie grew to hate Poirot. Really? Yeah, she got really tired of writing him. She got really tired of his character. And uh, she she planned long and hard about how to end his story. And uh, yeah, if you ever want to read his last book, you can tell she maybe wasn't fond of him. <laughs> uh, what a good commercial. Yeah, so if if you ever want to see what an author really thinks of their their subject, maybe read the last book and talk about an ethical quandary because that one throws up a, a really good one. Um, what is it? What is it called? I'm trying to think. Is it? It may be as simple as the last case or something like that. I'd have to look. 
but easy to Google it. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. Sponsored by Google. <laughs> there you go. And and she does something different than a lot because like Sherlock, age in the original Conan Doyle stories, age never really gets brought up, but um, Agatha Christie has him age. He starts out as like a you know middle aged, and she follows him all the way through to when he's very very old. And so you see that kind of gradual change in him. And so that is interesting. And the fact that she kind of low key hated the guy makes it interesting sometimes to read it from that lens. Why would you keep writing books about somebody you hate? I can't. I can't because imagine. it so made funny. her famous. Conan Doyle oh. had a conflicted relationship with Sherlock Holmes. Really? Yeah. He he liked him but then everything else he wrote people were like yeah but why won't you write another sherlock holmes story you know and like jk so, rowling <laughs> right uh you because know Harry potter is amazing so yeah I, I, it's interesting to see kind of how that changes and reflects the styles of things but yeah that's a good question though um and uh that is interesting that those three movies kind of have a, a detective at the center or, you know, right. in, in the mix. But Crawdads and Clue don't have. We are the detectives. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You're the audience is the one trying to, right. to figure it out. Did you figure it out on any of the films that did you know all these stories ahead of time? Did you figure any of them out? Um, I. I figured knives out and I figured crawdad out. Um, and death on the Nile, that one got me. I, I did not see it. I did not. I kind of saw, I saw a piece of it, but I missed another piece of it. So that one was good. And then Sherlock Holmes, again, that's a more, a how done it unless a who. Right. Cause how in the world would you figure that out? Right. <laughs> well, according to Sherlock Holmes, you'll sit in a room and perform all of the nasty rituals to to try and figure it out. You know, <laughs> he's over there. I I think I've reconciled centuries of religious, you know, whatever. And it's like, okay, yeah, but how do you do it? <laughs> so. But yeah, good. I'm stuck on that thing you said about Robert Downey Jr. being so different, and now I'm trying to think of other actors that are they're just them and i'm thinking about nicholas cage oh gosh do we have to <laughs> and that sounds mean towards nicholas cage and i don't mean it that way but right now when i think of nicholas cage i think of honeymoon in vegas which was painful because that it was, was painful. oh god <laughs> oh please never again uh, but yeah i mean there are just actors who who they bring their signature, whatever. I, I think of Jack Nicholson, Clint Eastwood, um, Will Smith. Sometimes Will Smith doesn't, but uh, most like of the Will time Smith he does. Disappear. I've seen him do some. He does disappear, work. but most of the time that man brings his Will Smithness to a project. Some of the time. Okay. Look right. at Independence Day and look at Men in Black and tell me how those characters are really different. Well, 
okay, Independence Look Day. Look at Independence Day, Men in Black. Look at like whatever and that was. Bad that, Boys. And that one movie and that other movie. I can't think of the titles. Uh, <laughs> Wild Wild West. Like it's That's like a certain time period though. Will Smith. Okay, older Will Smith though is. is yes. Definitely. I will agree that older Will Smith yeah. decided that maybe he could be someone other than Will Smith on screen. <laughs> so, but yeah, they're, they're just actors that bring that. And it's not that Robert Downey Jr. isn't a dedicated thespian and, and you know, his Iron Man is different well, from his Sherlock. His Iron Man is amazing. His Iron Man's amazing. And he is it's different from Sherlock. Infinitely watchable. But it's still... Sherlock Holmes? No. But it's still Robert Downey Jr. in there. Um, you know, it, it's him bringing his essential downiness to it. And he's turned down a number of roles because they're like, we don't want, we want you to stick to the script. And he's like, I don't do that. I, I improvise, you know? Right. So I work alone, kid. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, Mr. Downey Jr. Sir. <laughs> but yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. So um, I do have I, I, one last question. So we have Daniel Craig, Robert Downey Jr. and Kenneth Branagh as our detectives. Could right. Kenneth Branagh play Benoit Blanc? Uh, I don't want him to. <laughs> I like Kenneth Branagh, but I don't want him to. But like you, like you said, there's like a a a, a weight and a like a certain feel that he brings. I don't think that's appropriate for. Benoit Blanc. I don't know. I I can see him. I can definitely see him doing the Southern accent. Uh, I can't. I can't. Oh, I can. Yeah. Watch him in I'm Wild Wild West if you want to bring up a time when Kenneth Branagh has done a heavy-handed Southern accent. I'm not feeling that. <laughs> um, could Robert Downey Jr. play Poirot? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. And could, could Daniel Craig play Sherlock Holmes? Yes. Yes. See, I, I can't one. see him playing Sherlock. Okay, so we were opposite. I can't <laughs> I can't see him doing that. I can't see Robert Downey Jr. playing Poirot either. I think no way. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Um, but I can see Kenneth Branagh playing Benoit Blanc. Because I think he could do it. I think he could do it well. But I'm glad Daniel Craig's doing it. I just thought that would be fun to <laughs> interchangeableness. Um, but yeah, these are good movies. I'm I'm glad that we we looked at these. Um, oh, did you ever watch the second Sherlock Holmes movie, A Game of Shadows? I feel like I did, but not for this go around. Like I have a vague memory. I'm curious if you liked it better than the first one. That's why I was asking. No, again, the 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 noisy, uh, forgettableness. I mean, that's just. <laughs> that's... Well, they're they're gonna have a third the one. Third one. I saw that. And it's not gonna be Guy Ritchie directing. He did the first two. Right. They have the fella who did um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh. He's gonna do the third one. So, all right. Well, we'll, we'll see how that changes things. And see if my mind can be changed. Yeah. 
There you go. Now we know who done it. <laughs>